Hi, I'm Rich Heller and welcome to Rich and Relationship. And today we are talking to Jimmy Allen, who is a love and relationship coach. How yes. are you today, Jimmy? I, I am great. Great to see you, Rich. <laughs> Rich in relationships. <laughs> You're not supposed to tell people it's my name too. It's a <laughs> and you know why Jimmy's on the show is Jimmy is all about people having rich relationships. And part of what I love about Jimmy is he talks about how it's difficult at best to have a rich relationship with someone else, or he says a juicy relationship. Well, I, like <laughs> I could change this to juicy relationship instead of rich relationship. Yeah. It's hard to have a juicy relationship if you're not having a loving relationship with yourself. Mm. Uh, Jimmy, tell us how on your journey you made this discovery, please. <laughs> my discovery of having juicy relationships. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it really all started when I read a book and called Calling in the One, which I got my certification with. Um, the author of the book, um, Calling in the One, her name is Catherine Woodward Thomas. And in that book, I, I it really like woke me up. Like, <laughs> like I've never had an awakening of how I acted and behaved behave and all the beliefs I had about love, marriage, <laughs> men, friends, like it really held the mirror up to me. And I just saw clearly how I was like literally self-sabotaging my relationships, picking uh, men in my life that were not going to serve me or going to fail in relationships. I didn't even realize that I had a own uh, disempowering belief about myself and that it came from some rooted or situation that happened to me as a child. Mm -hmm. I didn't really realize that my, my, you know, our relationship to our parents, whether they're absent or not, is a direct um, reflect or a sample of how I was going to act and behave in relationships. And I didn't realize that I could actually change that around if I was willing to look and like, and that was one of the toughest things about trying to cultivate a juicy relationship. This is really having the willingness to look at it from a, a um, inspector gadget sort of point of view, instead of a victimizing point of view, like looking at, okay, how has this affected me in my relationships? How did I self-sabotage, even though the relationship didn't work, that person did what they did and I did what I did. And my reactions, my behavior, according to what this person said or, or done has some reflection on me of how I haven't really held, um, healed myself or some belief that I still am holding on to about, you know, somebody's race, somebody's like culture, somebody's something that these beliefs that I was having or that I didn't even really realized that I had built up over the years just purely by just being human being. And I had to really tackle these different aspects of myself and really heal myself, really change the conversation around myself, really look at the language that is coming out of my mouth as I speak with people and really noticing how other people speak to me and like seeing where they are, that seeing how I could gel with them in order to create a juicy relationship, but I first had to look at me first mm -hmm. who 
order and having the willingness to like <laughs> tackle those beliefs and uh, and just pushing them aside. I love that. And I love the way you, you started with all the programming we get from when we, when we were growing up from our parents, <laughs> from our, you didn't mention it, but you know, that that's, it can be generational. It can be our, right. the stuff they learned from their parents, which is coming right. down to us. There's uh, the school that we're going to, the neighborhood that we grow up in, the yeah. culture that we grow up, all of that impacts our idea or concept of relationship and even of self. Right. And so it's like, we're wearing all these different filters when we right. talk to another person and they could say something that they think is completely innocuous, but we might hear it, uh, it right. as, as an attack or a criticism, or they might say something that's a criticism and we might hear it as love. I right. mean, it's really, it's, and I love uh, the idea that part of the journey is, okay, I'm gonna pull this filter back and I'm gonna pull this right. filter back so that I can start to have um, clearer communications. And what I heard at the heart of it is that you really got in touch with, well, who am I? Right. I, you know, I mean, I'm partly these things that have contributed to me, but I'm so much more. Right. And, and, it's like, and I heard you say that you worked on healing yourself. Right. And a big piece of uh, building resilience, which is kind of what I'm all about right now, has to do with self-healing and self-awareness right. and self-actualization. Um, I'd love to hear more about that healing process. Right. And so <clears throat> like a big part of like the healing process. So like for instance, like uh, my, I never grew up with my dad and um, don't know him, never grew up with him. And I, for me, um, especially in a part of the book on the journey the, um, and calling in the one, it makes you look at both parents. And so when I, when it came to the father aspect, in my mind, I was like, well, he's absent. I have nothing ready to look at. And it didn't, in my mind, he was out of sight, out of mind. So he was absent. So I don't have a connection with him. So I, therefore, I had nothing to really heal. That's mm -hmm. what I thought in the beginning. And so I had read this book and I, and when I was getting my certification, um, something, I don't know, something within me made me go back to that, uh, that area of my life about my father. And I was just like, and I discovered, I was like, oh, I need reassurance like I, I and I had no idea that that was what it was and that you know I did have one interaction with my father he had I was trying to find him and he was he was communicated with a third-party person a friend of mine who was trying to get us connected and he you know said he was gonna you know contact me say he was gonna be in my life that he really wanted to you know connect with me and when he finally called me you know I knew who it was and you know and he never, he never initiated contact with me. He just like disappeared. Mm -hmm. And that moment was a defining moment. It's like, okay, well, I don't need him. Who was he to say, like, to be my father or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So then I was like looking, I said, oh my God, like, I was upset. And I made that mean something about myself that I'm unlovable. And I was just, and I didn't, I didn't even really realize that I had created this whole culture of like uh, unlovableness or like somebody who's going to appreciate me for me. So I had to like, really like, oh my God, I have to learn how to forgive him even though he's not here because really forgiveness is was for me and not for him. Right. I had to like honestly, deeply connect with what that was at the time and forgive him because 
I knew that he was married. He had, you know, kids. And um, I don't know the situation. He could have like cheated on his wife with my mother and come to find out when I did some healing work with my mom, you know, she wrote me this letter, this eight page letter. And in the letter, she described the relationship with my father. And I was just like, oh my God, like how he cheated on her, how he was seeing somebody else um, behind her back. And that's what really brought them to break up because she picked him up to drop him off at another woman's house. Mm -hmm. And she was carrying all that with her and also that dynamic because I looked like him, <laughs> you know, so it yeah. was a lot of pushback and me forgiving my mother for in that relationship because she only had the tools that she could have to love me and teach me. So I can't make her be responsible for something that she never had. So it had, I had to learn how to be responsible for myself. I had to learn how to teach myself. I had to learn how to teach myself communication skills and then really go back and like share that with her. And now our dynamic, my, me and my mother's dynamic is like just so different, you know? And, and with my, my, my father, it was really that forgiveness and letting go and changing up beliefs that around that I am lovable. I am appreciated. I do have a surrounding, you know, uh, group of people around me, especially it was around men. Like I thought like all my male friends growing up were like, oh, they always leave. That's the same sort of reflection of my father because he left. So now it's picking other people who would just automatically just leave after like, you know, a, a year or, or so. So I had to like really change that belief that I had made that with my sort of interaction or non-interaction with my father. That's, I'm sitting here listening really quietly because I have so much identification with you. I can't tell you. So, you know, my father was in, even though I want you to know that sometimes when these men are in your life, he was in my life, you can still have all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so what I heard that was really significant was, and this is coming up in the workshop work that I'm doing, that that forgiveness component is so important. And so what I know, actually the last person I interviewed was Professor Everett Worthington, who's mm. done like massive studies on forgiveness and um, has all this scientific data on how when we hold on to resentment, it's actually physically, and not just emotionally, but physically toxic to us. Yeah. Live shorter lives, uh, that we're more likely to get physically ill when we hold on to resentment. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, I know from interviewing him and from my personal experience, that when we forgive others, it's the best thing we can do for ourselves. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we bless their behavior or agree right. with them, or, you know, it, it simply means that we forgive them for the perceived harm that we, that, that we have. Because right. holding on to it will kill us. Right. And, 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 it's, and it's so true because I had two uncles die of the same exact cancer within the same year. And so... What I, from my, I mean, it was, I was just like, wow, what are the odds of their, both of them passing the same year, the same exact cancer, the same location. And so I really looked into that because I am a big fan of like Wayne Dyer and Louise Hayes and Louise mm -hmm. Hayes had stage four cancer. And on her journey, she realized that she was holding on so much resentment and in, in her studies and also in uh, the book with um, Carolyn Mays, uh, Anatomy of the Spirit, she talks about how our diseases are linked to outside things 
that we things we've been holding on to and internalized yeah internalized and both my uncles had extreme um uh weight of not not forgiving and i remember talking to one of them and having a conversation because our family wasn't close at the time and he had all this resentment built up with the family and never really talked about it wouldn't talk about it wouldn't express himself wasn't even going to the doctor and i was just like you're not going to the doctor you're 60 years old and you're i'm just like what is that you know and he and and family members had never forgiven each other Mm. like just held on so long for so many years that they stopped talking to each other and i was like wow like how this thing is real and forgiveness is such a critical component of having love because even and i see it in relationships too where there's a couple and that uh, i know this couple very well that she is holding on to something that happened when i first got married and i was just like that is directly affecting like your relationship like he has he can't even grow with you he can't even expand you because you are still holding on to this thing that's not even happening anymore Mm -hmm. it's already done and this is the reason why you aren't having sex because you can't see that thing you cannot see past like what you said earlier the blinder is on that's all you can see and until you forgive yourself or hold on to it he has no shot with you mm-hmm. yeah if we what the work i'm finding with what i'm finding in the work that i'm doing with people who are in distress in their marriage or getting divorced is the more they hold on to the past yeah and resentment and anger the harder it is for them to see forward or even yeah. move forward it's like they've they're in stasis yeah emotionally everything can change circumstances can change on the outside but emotionally they're they're in stasis so tell us more about the work that you do how you apply these lessons learned to the work that you do with with individuals <laughs> so it's a real process i like the calling in the one process so you know the work i do we first start to identify like the patterns mm-hmm. like it's so critical in the beginning stages to identify the like the dating pattern the relationship pattern like the conversations within even in conversations like the words you're using the beliefs that you have so we start mm-hmm. to really identify patterns beliefs assumptions um behavior like in the type of men or women that the individual is dating and then we start to go go to the root going back to like like i said childhood and looking at the dynamic with the family, like the mother, the father, and the dynamic within brothers and sisters and see like, where did that pattern or belief start from? Mm -hmm. Then we start to like, okay, separate you from that thing. It's like, well, that just happened and this is what you made in me. So then we start to like create an intention. So the intention is basically, this is what I want to create. This is what I'm standing in. This is how I want to act and behave in a relationship. And this is the relationship that I'm cultivating. Okay, great. So then we have that. Then we start to like, okay, if this is what I want, what do I need in order to have and sustain a healthy relationship? So we start making a list and then we start to flip that. Like, you know, it's like, I want somebody who is supportive. Then I say, okay, well, am I supportive to my own self? Am I supportive to people in my life and then we start to identify are you that thing in your life already because most people 
they want to wait until they're in a relationship and then start being supportive or being fun or being creative. And it's like, no, you want the person to step into what you're already creating. Like you're creating this like beautiful setting and they're just like, they're just sort of like, they're just fitting in. They're enhancing what you're already doing. Exactly. It's like, I think what I'm hearing you say is you can't really get it from someone else. No. It's got to come from you first and then right. they can, you, they can build on what you're giving right. yourself and, and add bells and whistles to it. But at, at the core, right. If, if we're looking for love on the outside, it right. never, in the end, it never really works. Right. If we're looking we're, for validation. It never really works. If we're right. looking for, but if we're giving ourselves love and so how do you support them and teach them to do that? That's, that's huge. Oh, it will. Well, first we look at their current relationships. Like, <laughs> like, how are you not getting what you need? And are you actually supplying that? And so like, for instance, like one of my clients, um, he had huge issues with being vulnerable. Um, he was an actor and he was uh, a musical theater person. And so he was, he was auditioning a lot and he wasn't really booking. And I, and I was like saying, well, how is this reflecting on your auditioning? How is it reflecting mm -hmm. on? So we started to look like, oh, he's not being vulnerable in his auditions. He's not being vulnerable with his family. Mm -hmm. And he was really close with his mom and dad, but he wasn't really open with himself with his mom and dad. And so I had him like, okay, this weekend, this week before our next call, you're gonna share with them something vulnerable that you're learning about yourself. And so he did, and he, he was like, Jimmy, like, my mother opened up like I've never opened up before. Like, just because I was willing to be vulnerable with them, show them my struggles with wanting to be in a relationship and how I had been struggling struggle in a relationship. And they both, his mom and dad, started to share with them how they struggled in their relationship in the beginning. Like, they opened up. And then he was like, you know, Amazing. he's like, my mom and I, my mom never drinks. So she had a, a cocktail with me that night. And he was like, and then the next day, we literally usually have all these things planned. He said, but we literally sat home and we just like literally talked. We cooked. We just like, was so he was like, Jimmy is like one of the best moments I ever had with my, my mom and dad. Like we just, they have, I had, I learned so much about my family this weekend that I ever had in this moment by him first being vulnerable about what he was going through, where he wanted to be. And therefore that happened with his relationship with his parents. What a fantastic story. You know, what I love about that is um, what people who are having trouble in their marriages come up against often is they always want, they want to change the other person. Right. <laughs> uh, I, 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 they want to make them more vulnerable. And what I love about this is even though he, even though he, didn't change them by shifting the way he was with them. Right. He created a space where they could, if they right. choose to, to right. jump in also. And they chose to jump in also. I mean, it doesn't always work. Like no, it that, doesn't. But these are his parents. So, right. and, so and, and, and he, he's leading with them. That's so right. cool. And he's leading the way. And, and I always tell my clients too, it's like, okay, this is really for you. So whether you get this back, you have to go in with no expectation and you're just going to be vulnerable. Whether they open up or not is not the important. It's that you are taking the next step. You are laying the groundwork. You are opening the door for them to step into. Because I had to do it for my own self in my own life with my my mother. Because my me and my mom, our conversation was used to be at least five ten minutes. That was it. 
like for years and years mm-hmm. and years. And it was so frustrating. I could never get her to open it up because I was always trying to do something to provoke her or be provocative or say these like very vulgar things in order to get her to open up. And it, nothing was working. And until I realized this and I was like, oh, I have to be vulnerable first. And so I remember this moment back to the story where my uncle, both my uncles were, who had passed away that year. It was the same year. It was actually probably a couple of weeks after my second uncle who passed. Um, I, I discovered this thing about one of my uncles and I was really afraid to share it with her because it was such a sensitive topic that my uncle kind of like verbally abused me when I was you know, a kid and I was, and I wanted to share her, share this with her. And we were on the phone and I, I took a chance and I revealed it and she just listened and she started to share her dynamic with him as well. And we both just started to divulge just all this information and talk about how we can heal each other and how like I forgive him, he, she forgives him. And that, you know, we, and I was just like, wow, like my mom just opened up in a way that I have never um, had known her to do before, all because I took a chance for it. And I was scared because I, it, could, it could have backfired. Mm-hmm. Um, and because she's known to hang up on me, <laughs> you know, uh, but it, it, it changed the dynamic. And I realized, mm-hmm. oh, it comes from me first. Amazing. So it sounds like it can be simple, but maybe not so easy at times. <laughs> so if our listeners are in a relationship and want to shift it, or maybe they want to find a relationship, how could they reach out to you for help? Uh, fantastic. So uh, my website is jimmyallencoaching.com or, you know, you can uh, find me on Instagram at jimmyallen and in my bio, it's linked to all my podcasts, my YouTube, my website, and uh, an opportunity to book uh, a um, discovery session with me and we can like work together and see if we're a great fit. And I would love to work with anyone who is looking for love and all the right places. <laughs> Wherever that may be. Uh, Jimmy, you, you've been amazing. Thank you for being so transparent uh, with your feelings and your life. And it's always such a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I will me. make sure that we post your website and your Instagram information on the on the website for this i'm having trouble speaking now <laughs> on the website for this it's called a podcast podcast. podcast so that when people go there they can find you like that yes thank you so much Bridget. thank you for thank having you. me all right